here I am. There you are, everybody. I hope you're all having a great goddamn day. Uh, before we get started, just wanted to say thoughts and prayers going out to Kobe and his family. Holy shit, at the end of the day, we're all humans, and that's pretty tragic. But we're going to keep this, this video nice and positive because it's a pre-podcast breakdown. And if you haven't noticed already, the Trial and Error podcast is uh, ridiculous. And because it's ridiculous, and because there's no rules in 2020, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever the hell I want. Which means I spent an hour and 20 minutes retelling The Mummy Returns. Why? Because it's one of my favorite goddamn movies. Brendan Fraser in his sexual prime. Who doesn't want to see that? So without further ado, I retold it. I have my gripes and my rants. Uh, I goof up plenty of times, but hey, just, you know, it's cute that I'm trying, right? Go ahead and watch it. Press play. All right, I think that's enough time for the righteous intro to be to be had, you, to enjoy it. The 80s, uh, it's, it's generic because... Jesus Christ, royalty free. I'm not gonna pay for somebody's song, good lord. I'm gonna get the code off of YouTube, take it to the MP3, take it from YouTube to MP3 converter, and then download the MP3. Government, get at me, I love this shit. Anyways, I'm rambling, I'm rambling. Uh, great intro music. You lose! But we're here. We're talking about The Mummy. And where do I begin? Other than way back when, let's go back in time, and we see a very sexy Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He is leading an army of ruffians, but they're not in, like, Idiot. uniform. They're just kind of ragtag. They're not really in formation. But the boys that they up against in front of, oh, what is it? Thieves. Beautiful city, mind you, but real estate is just unbelievable. Am I right? They're in formation. They're in lines. They're just marching. They're just peacocking like, yo, we're in formation. We go to class. We had to wear uniforms and we went to school. Shout out to St. James. Shout out to everybody that had to wear a freaking uniform K through 8. All you public school peasants. Get at me. Let's go. Oh. Anyways, enough of that ranting. <laughs> The private school kids are in formation and all the public school kids behind the rock. He raises his, um, God, looks like Drago sword. A scimitar, I believe. Check the stats and then comment if I'm right or wrong. Please do the work for me. Do the research for me after the fact. I'd be, you know, you're a peach if you do. Um, Dwayne just yelled, like this time he's the rock. This is nine, uh, 2001 we're talking here. He yells, Aku Machente! And all the public school kids are just running for it because they're on a conquest, according to the narrator, to conquer the known world, which is a total opposite direction in which we leave Matthias at the end of the Scorpion King, where he rescues this said army from a tyrant. But perhaps day, after the credits, goes down. Who knows? But apparently... Uh, he's letting him get lazy, not be in formation, and they get their asses kicked after, oh god, how long was it? Seven long years, says Otis, the narrator. Anyways, they get tuned up. Wow. They don't even make it to the postseason, and they're just roaming throughout the desert, dying one by one because 
of The Rock's ill-fated marketing and economic schemes ahead of this massive horde. Uh, there's no food, no source of water. They're just going to wander around. Well, they all die except for the Scorpion King. Then he gets, starts getting desperate. His body mass index is totally shriveling. He hasn't lifted a weight in weeks. Strike that, years, clearly the, the war. And he makes a deal with Anubis. Any god, he says, you know what, Anubis is my boy. I'm gonna make this deal, he says. This soul, this juicy. You get nothing. Juicy, Dwayne The Rock Johnson soul, including dark nipples. It's all yours if you help me vanquish my foes. Good day, sir. Anubis is like, let's good, let's let's make a deal. And uh, here you go. And then offering this little, this little huge size of a football, this scorpion comes out. And it's just a sign, hey, I accepted your offer. And then Dwayne, excuse me, The Rock, picks it up and he's just getting stung. Screw it, I'm a man, he says. And then he eats it. He looks like he's just, mm. now he's just eating. He, he knows how to eat that, man. It gets sloppy, it's all sticky all over him. And then out of nowhere, this oasis just pops up. All these bushes and all this untrimmed foliage bursts out of nowhere. This uh, oasis of um, sheer, I want to say. Oasis? Pretty sure there was a subtitle, but remembering that subtitle is a different story. Anyways, we see heads rolling, and we hear the narrator say, Idiot. Anubis just hooks up the Scorpion King with his army, which is in the millions of these. They, they look like eight foot tall. They're called Anubites, according to Age of Mythology. If you educated and cultured, you know what game I'm talking about. But they're these giant buff men with these dog legs, and they're ripped, obviously. Ten packs, I notice and the heads of the jackal. And they're just tearing this city apart. And The Rock is sitting there, he's loving it, he's laughing, hey, what a great deal. And then out of nowhere, Anubis is like, all right, time's up, deal's been done. Whammy takes his soul and his uh, bracelet, apparently something significant because the camera totally zooms up on it and says, uh, he was forced to be sleeping. Uh, Whatever, he's cursed to wait for all time to serve Anubis, whatever. We're setting up the movie here. The The Sanskrit doesn't have to be set in stone, even though it is. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we're moving forward. So that's the Totally Righteous intro. And Thebes, it was a great transition because Thebes is it totally in flames. And then the transition, you see one of the Anubis warriors, and he just got it, the, the CGI. For the time, brilliant. Uh, he just turns into black ash and then fades away, fades away. And then the temples themselves begin to wither. And then at the bottom is uh, Egypt, 19. The date escapes me. Oh God, I can't feel my leg. Let's say 35. I might be wrong. But then again, I might be right, and y'all will be pissed. <laughs> check the comments, and then you'll have a laugh. I'll check them, and I'll cop to it in the next episode. This another VMR. We'll see. Let's keep this a thing. Let's keep rolling. But also, I'm gonna stop rambling and continue to ramble on about the story, aka the movie. Uh, so the O'Connells, we got 
this boy, and he's just causing to this little man in a suit and tie in an old temple. He's just chilling, and then he sneaks up on, we, we see Rick O'Connell. No, it's just Rick. Sorry, Rick. He's, uh, he's all cautious. He pulls out his gun. Brendan Fraser's looking good. His hair is just perfectly combed to the side, tucked in, tight ass, and uh, suspenders. I thought I didn't notice. I noticed. I noticed back in Georgia, the jungle, baby. You think I don't notice. I do. Brendan Fraser. Double tip. Um, so he's wandering around. Something sneaky. The, the music starts getting suspenseful. But turns out it's just a little boy. It's a, it's a scare because, of, you know, ooh, the mummy. We're in, a, we're, in a, we're in these caves. We're in this, this temple. Turns out it's a little boy, Alex. Lovable son, Alex. He is a cutie. Cute little lad, adventurous spirit, but who does he belong to? None other than than Evie. He says, "All right, hey, go go back to the main tomb. Just wait for us." But he's like, "Oh no, no, Dad, uh, your tattoo." He's like, "What?" Unhooks um, Rick O'Connell's little man leather wrist bracelet, whatever it is. You lose. This gauntlet. Pulls it off. He's got a sweet tat, little triangle there, and he said. Alex says, oh, the, the cartouche, there's a, there's a symbol just like it with the, the sword and everything, yeah. He's like, really? Yeah. Sends him back on his way. All right, well, go work, build a better mousetrap. Anyways, then the scene cuts to Evie. Lordy, Rachel, we, Rachel Wise. Ooh, talk about, talk about an actress. Talk about a delight to these eyes. Everybody's eyes, not just mine, not just yours. Ours. Brilliant. Well done. So, the movie goes on. Yes, it does. She's totally in there and she starts getting a vision. That's what happens. All right, you guys, just before I go on, I'm just, this is off the top of my head, but I haven't seen this movie recently. So, if you see the sputtering or the little buffer ball over my head, just get over it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best here. So, that was outrageous. So sorry. Um, goddamn. Let me tell you what happens. She gets a vision. <laughs> oh, she gets a vision indeed. And then she comes to and she starts unlocking some doors. And she starts opening. Because these visions of the past are guiding her present. And she's finding her way through the temple. And then... Yeah, opens up all these doors, finds this this open chest, this random chest with these two guards standing on the side. They're, they're skeletons, so which means these guys were left in there to die, ceremonially. I wonder if they, you know, whispered to each other or something on duty while they were left in that fucking dungeon to die. But they were guarding the Scorpion King's bracelet. That's what happened. Guarding the Scorpion King's bracelet. Evie finds it and is like, oh my god, and then... Oh, Rick at some point finds her. They're, they're, they're together, and she kind of pitter-patters around this one pit of uh, scorpions and tarantulas. Ooh, what's worse than that? Scorpions and tarantulas in one place! Oh, no! F***ing A. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to tell you what you're going to do about it. She gets across, then Rick just stomp crunches because... Avi, he's a man's man. And man's men. I'm your huckleberry. 
like stomp on all those little guys. They, they crush them. They crunch, but it, it's sandy underneath, though. There is sand, so I understand where the crunch would come from. I think it would be more of a soft push down, but not completely killing the insect. You lose. Good day, sir. Maybe a separate time for a separate podcast to talk about that one, but not this one. This one we're going to delight ourselves. So they find it, but little do the O'Connells know, three bandits are on their way into the temple behind them, unbeknownst to the O'Connells. Maybe I already said that. Wow. Why did I put up the number four? Because it's fun. If you've ever seen Shrek and it's time for Lord Farquaad to wow. choose his, his, his bride-to-be, Thelonious the... The torture goes three. Pick number three, my lord. <laughs> Idiot. That's because. Because of Thelonious. Because it's right. Shame. Moving Shame. forward. Uh, Alex is kind of... Sees these guys, but he's hidden. He's above. He's on the scaffolding. Fat. Up in the uh, upper reaches of the temple there. The boss and looks like the muscle, the handsome one of the group, Going to get the O'Connells, leaving the dummy behind, this just opiate-looking dude, with a with a silly little hat, it, while he's just kind of looking through things. No, the one, sorry, the boss goes in after him. The muscle stays back with the dope. They're looking through all this uh, pottery, and you hear the dope saying, like, what is, look at the Egyptians, it's all chipped. Who makes this like He's upset that <laughs> these thousands of years old pottery is... Uh, damaged and that just makes me laugh but we're also going to move on because it's important to do <laughs> we're buffering that's okay it's coming to me uh... <laughs> god damn it alex is shooting these rocks at him though Alex is shooting these rocks at him though, and he keeps popping this little dude, the the Opie dummy dude, and he's about to do one more, and then he flings it, and then the muscle turns with this cat-like reflex and catches the pebble in midair. Wow! Right before it goes into the dummy's asshole, and then he crushes it. The dummy's like, "Well, I'm gonna go up there and get that kid," but the muscle says, "Nay," like. Puts his hand on his chest. I got this. Meanwhile, Rick and Evie, goodness. What's going on? They done f***ed up because they opened up the the box that holds open that holds the Scorpion King's bracelet. They set off another curse, and then the whole temple, at least on their side, is filling up with water. So suspense. You lose. And the room is totally rising. But that's not all. The muscle puts a knife in his mouth all the while and starts climbing slowly up the ladder. And Alex is totally freaking out. He's backing up. He's nervous because this guy finally reaches the top. And it takes him about a four or five cutscenes from Rick back, back and forth of just climbing up slowly. I guess the anticipation is just too much to bear. He gets to the top. About to murder a child? Wow, 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 wow. I don't know about that. Wow. In the meantime, the boss hightails it out of there, followed closely by water, and uh, the water's just filling up, filling up, and then 
They're like, hey, let's get out of here. The muscle's like, all right, you lucked out, kid. He wasn't about to do it. He's a p <laughs> And what took him all of like five minutes to climb up, a flight of uh, a one story worth of, of, of a ladder, he just slides down in 0.5 seconds. Just nice and easy. But then because he's naughty, because he's a bad guy, he kicks out the leg of the scaffolding. And Alex is like, whoa, what's going to happen? Meanwhile, Rick and Eve are about to drown. We've had bad before. This is worse. They're just having this cute back and forth. They're about to die. And then the water finally gets to the top. This crystal clear water in this thousand, thousand, thousand year old booby trap. <laughs> booby trap. Uh, I guess the chlorine, the, what's it called? Sulfur rock, all that good stuff. Makes for great water and booby traps. Rick and Evie are punching their ticket, dude. Hogwarts nine and three quarters, ha, they're going to the end of the line. They're going straight to hell. Egyptian hell, but meanwhile, Alex and his bumbling ways, the scaffolding falls over a pillar and that knocks over another pillar, just like his mom. Oh my, I'm just remembering this. Totally like his mom. Total shout out back to the original mummy. Every pillar starts falling down just like the bookshelves Evie done in the beginning of the previous movie. Wow. That's great. I love that. Great script writing. Anyways, the last pillar falls onto a wall and that wall breaks and all this water comes spewing out and Alex is like, whoa. And he starts running for his life. He tries to hold up the pillar, but he's just not strong enough because he's a little bitch. He starts running, the water comes after him, and then who else but Rick and Evie come floating down right at Alex's feet, just covered in water, just <gasps> escaping death yet again. And Alex goes, Mom, Dad, I can explain. Like, oh! Those O'Connells and their antics. So, meanwhile, we go back to England. Back to merry old England, and it looks as if the O'Connells are uh, cashed in on that sack of gold they left with at the end of the first movie because they're in a mansion. They have a pea gravel driveway, big time. They have multiple cars, lavish artwork, two stories, and a bidet that squirts tea into your butthole. Mmm. That sounds good. I'll have that. But until then, that's how the O'Connells are living. And they're they're unpacking. They got their luggage. They drop it. And Rick says, Alex, behave yourself for a few minutes. They're, they're getting ready. They're chilling. And uh, Rick and Evie, they start cute talking a little bit about what happened back, uh, what they found. You know, the story's progressing a little bit. Meanwhile, Alex opens up the case that has the Scorpion King's uh, bracelet in it. And then, silly little boy, of course, what does he do? Of course he puts it on, and it goes, -ching, and it, whole, it just clings onto his arm, and he's just like, whoa. And we see this projection come out, shoot out of the bracelet, and we see uh, a nice landscape, and the camera's just flying over. California Soren, but if it was totally fast-forward, if you haven't been to... God, what's it called? California Adventures? Suck toes and get there. Then you'll know what I'm talking about. Soaring over the landscape. And then it stops at this 
Uh, goodness gracious. I believe it's Karnak, according to Alex, because he's an educated lad. Good for him. But it's definitely Karnak. And then it goes away. And he's like, whoa. But all while the projections are going on, he's freaking out. And Evie and Rick are having you know a good heart-to-heart. And then they get smooching because they're just ever affectionate. These O'Connells, they're loving and they're just just overcoming booby traps left and right in life. And in temples. Very good. Uh, they start getting frisky and then they look and Evie turns away and sees a bra dangling from a doorknob. Their version of Quagmire. They both look at Jonathan because Evie's like, those knickers are not mine. And, oh, uh, Rick grumbles, Jonathan. He, the Quagmire, he comes in and he's got this golden scepter about yay big with a star on top of it. And he's got this bimbo around his arm, this just gorgeous blonde. Who am I to say she's a bimbo? What if she's a rocket scientist? Who am I to say? Or she's a bimbo. Could be either. Could be somewhere in between. In this case, she's a bimbo. Oh, hold on. Lordy. Uh, sorry. So my laptop likes to just completely blank out and make me it has the audacity to ask for my password again every time catalina worst upgrade of my life i should have stayed at el capitan but enough of this apple nonsense <laughs> whilst i record on a macbook and garage band but there are means to an end now aren't they and recording from an apple phone oh i'm such a whore it's okay. It's the San Francisco hat. They can't have that. Uh... Jonathan. Jonathan, yes. Uh, he's telling her a story. He's spinning a yarn. He goes, well, and then I killed the mummy, stole his, uh, stole the scepter. I killed them. I slayed the mummy, killed all the minions, and stole the scepter. And she goes, oh, you're so brave. And he goes, and Rich, did I mention Rich? And she says, what do you think I'm doing here? And then uh, you lose. a very stern-looking man in a red turban is approaching them from across the hall, this foreign man. And he looks, he looks pretty goddamn serious. He's walking forward with intent. And uh, another man from behind grabs the, the lady away, and he goes, Oh, you're not Sheila's husband, are you? And he, uh, he's like, You're not Johnny, are you? He's like, I, Then the head, the head guy, the head bad guy is like, I'm not any Johnny. Oh, I totally skipped a scene. Oh, shit. That's a boo-boo. Pause this level of dramatic effect. After the O'Connells get washed back to their son, Alex. Oh, this is egregious, but you're going to eat it all up regardless. Rewind, because we're going chronological, baby. There is a dig going on. This big dig. Everybody's part of the big dig. And there's multiple excavations going on. Guys in turbans and tunics digging with subpar looking equipment. Obviously, they have pickaxes and they're taking at sand with it for some reason. Whatever. I'm not the foreman. Give him pickaxes. Whatever, dude. But the foreman, it turns out to be none other than Anoxuna Moon. In body looking every bit as spicy as she did 3,000 years ago. She somehow manifested and she's got uh, her right hand man, this guy with a nice goatee, red turban. Kind of looks like Tim Curry if he had like a black 
his, his black goatee going a little bit, but it's not Tim Curry. Shout out to Tim Curry, but not Curry the food. You lose. Good day, sir. That's right. Anyways, moving on. Uh, the excavation's going on, and the three bandits come to report their failure. And Anoxinimo goes up and talks to him. Let's see. They exchange some words, and these words are... She goes, did you acquire what we need? And the guy goes, the opportunity passed this boy in his thick British accent. It's, it's nice. It's funny. And... The opportunity passes by, and they, the headmaster turns out to be the curator of the British Museum. Turns out to be an asshole. This uber-educated man uh, falls a victim to this cult that belongs to Anoxuna Moon, a subsidy of Emotep Incorporated. But I'll get there later. Oh, hurt a little bit. But we move on through the pain because I love you guys. Idiot. Uh, Nox in the Moon's like, yo, whatever, we, we, uh, no, the curator's like, we need the, we need that bracelet. And then his right-hand man, the second right-hand man, perhaps Nox in the Moon's left-hand man, this bulging, hulking, oh, what are they, just a, uh, the guard, the guard dude, he's, he's got the, the red sash, but his pecs are totally blasting through it. Uh, Lochna is his name. Just... Just a beautiful black man, if I do say so myself, that wields a mighty blade. And I'm not talking about... Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh, handless. You're not old enough to hear that joke. So anyways, we're moving on. Uh, the tensions are rising. Tensions are getting a little out of control, but a knocks in the moon and her beauty say, my dear Hefe, I should have handled this. Uh, and the British guy says, oh, uh... Don't worry, love. We know where it is. It's uh, it's it's on its way to merry old London. Um, they tell him that, and I believe so. It's it's like oh, okay, well we're all gonna go and get it then. They squeal on the O'Connells. They know the O'Connells got it, which is a mystery to them. But why didn't they seek out the O'Connells to begin with? But <laughs> the story continues. Uh, a voice. <sighs> Disgusting. A voice beckons from the distance. Some beautiful language. And the curator's like, oh, they found him. They found him. He is just having a wet dream in real life. They found Emotep. And he's in this uh, kind of marble, like see-through marble glob which he's entombed in, and it's just his old mummy self. I guess he had to go like go back to square one since he got got by the O'Connells the, in their first encounter. And Anoxuna Moon kind of caresses it slightly. But, oh, but before that, the, the diggers, the excavator guys, they... <laughs> they're digging, and then everything starts shaking in the bottom of this pit. And this giant mound starts emerging from the ground. And then what else? Then the scarab skeletons start bursting out. And the guys start freaking out. They get the hell out of there. And some of them get got. A lot of them get got. They start getting... One guy's like, ah, oh, he starts taking them off. But they overcome him. And they pull him back into a slow and painful death. The mummy's version of the dreaded Snarlax pit, perhaps. Who am I to say? I'm only here to reference. 
Snorlax pit. But anyways, these guys are just getting tuned up. They're getting their salads tossed. But then we got the other diggers that go, yay, we have flamethrower technology. So they're just keeping the beetles at bay. And then the Noxuna Moon's like, we're getting very close. With a smile on her face, what a great bad guy move. Her underlings are getting eaten alive by these vicious beetles. And you smiling, you crazy bitch foreman. You smiling at these guys who are just bleeding. They, their hands are filled with blisters, more than likely calluses, because this ain't their first rodeo. This ain't they first dig. They forsake their their families to dig for you, and you're smiling. I think a lawsuit if I've ever heard one. If any of the underlings saw that, I saw that. I have half, half a mind to go to Emotep himself, but what a surprise! You're banging him, a Noxinamoon. Emotep Enterprises, indeed. Flo no wonder, no wonder they went under. <laughs> If I don't laugh at my own jokes, who will? Jesus. H. Christ. We're going to move on. Uh, they find Emotep. We're going to merry old London. Now, replace uh, what I was saying before. Alex, you know, re-backwind that Stern Man goes to get Jonathan. It's hilarious. And they sit him down. The bimbo gets shooed away. And uh, Nox and Moon is in this lavish, diaphanous uh Kind of scarf kind of hanging, uh, draped over Idiot. her face. And she, she has a snake, a black snake. She goes, oh, Egyptian asps are quite poisonous. And they're like, uh, where is the bracelet? They keep asking, where is the bracelet? And Jonathan's like, I don't understand. And they put a, a rope around his neck. and Or no, they hold his head back and they throw, a, they put a knife to his head, to his neck. And he goes, oh yes, that bracelet. I remember, I lost it in a card game. They think he's... Rick O'Connell. Jonathan is most definitely not Rick O'Connell, but they don't know that because they're incompetent fools. Anox and a moon. Didn't you see them before? This movie plot, I am now realizing, is Swiss cheese because it is full of holes. But we're going to move Shame. on because that's, uh, that's just what you got to do. Shame. Mm -hmm. Zen. It's good to take a deep breath every once in a while. What? So, Jonathan has got himself into quite the debacle. Silence, MacBook. I did not want to hear you. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You Made me lose my flow. You lose. Good day, sir. I know a way to get it back. <laughs> Jonathan, what what a what a rascal he is. He gets in trouble and they hold the asp to his neck and it's getting, the tensions are high and then Rick totally barges in at the last second. He's like, whoa, uh, Jonathan, I, told, I, I thought I told you to have no more wild parties. <laughs> and then Jonathan's like, oh, when you're popular, neck, uh, knife to his neck, I've said that 20 times now. And uh, Rick's like, hey, uh, I don't know what this guy's done or whatever, but this is my house and I got rules about snakes and whatnot. And then Anox in the Moon tosses it at him Perhaps then she realizes. And Rick catches the snake. And then another guy, he throws the snake back in somebody's face. <laughs> Death. I mean, we've all seen Kill Bill. We should have all seen Kill Bill, volume two. <laughs> and a guy throws a knife at Rick with precision. He's holding it by the tip and flings it. And Rick dodges, not only dodges it, but catches it in midair. 
by the tip because he's that fucking good and throws it back at the guy. Got him! And then um, downstairs, Evie uh, sees... Oh, goodness, what's his name? Alex. And uh, like, oh, so much fun. And Alex hides the bracelet under his... his uh, under his little coat there, his corduroy coat. His nice little corduroy coat, it's adorable. And uh, these these stern looking men come in. Uh, Audit, um, Lachna, the beautiful black man I was telling you about. Uh, he says, um, we will take the, we'll be taking the bracelet. And she's like, she's get Alec behind him, get behind me. And uh, Lachna says, give it to me now. He's, he's stern. He is ready. He's going to succeed in this mission. While the curator's upstairs with the Nox on the Moon getting weird with Jonathan. Or it's, it's all going down upstairs, but downstairs, uh, he's, uh, Evie's like, no, nah, this ain't happening, bruh. And then two other bad guys start walking up to her, and she starts beat wham, wham, wham. No, no, before that, Otis comes in, the Magi. Just one, just him. Because later in the movie, we find out there's an army, but just him, just he can handle this mission. This ever so delicate mission that just one guy needs to handle. Whatever. Uh, she's like, oh, so what are you doing here? He goes, so it's time for the explanations later. And then he joins in the fight. The fighting starts going on. And Alex is like, mom, where'd you learn how to do that? Because she's beating the crap out of these trained assassins. She is making them look like the bitches that they are. Meanwhile, Otis is having a sword fight with all of uh, Lochna's underlings. And he's tuning them up, slicing and dicing them. Call them onions, because they are getting... Idiot. Chopped up. If you're going to get an onion freaking uh, charade, you're going to get all of it. Because onions burn when you chop them up. Anyways. Just a saute later, we get back to the story. Oh, I love sauteed onions. Shout out to In-N-Out. Shout out to In-N-Out Burger. Glitch there for a second, but we're moving on. The action is going off. Um, there's bullets getting shot upstairs. Uh, Rick gets inside the bathroom and he hold, he gets Jonathan. He's like, "Whoa, the bad guys are getting serious. They're pulling out guns." And Rick and Jonathan. Weasel their way outside. Meanwhile, Evie gets knocked the F out. They kidnap. No. They take the case because they think the bracelet is in the case. And they get out of there. And they're shooting at the O'Connells. And they're like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? And they're all safe. So the action sequence kind of ends. Uh, Lachna is like, oh, not bad for a Medjai. He crosses blades with Otis and clearly bests him. Bests the Magi. Round one to Otis. Uh, Lakna. Round one to that guy. Uh, they get out of there, and then he throws his blade at him, and then it lands like, Whoa. Wow. It was, it was pretty intense. Luckily, Otis has those cat-like reflexes and dodges the blade. Moving on... Um, Otis says, hey, here's what's going down. Sorry I didn't keep you in the loop, but the bad guys are back. They're trying to reincarnate and bring Emotep back to life. We realize you're the only people that actually did their job in the last movie. Certainly not the Magi. Uh, here's what's going down, and now we need to stop it. I know it's the fourth quarter. I know it's late, but uh, Otis is... 
Let me tell you something. It's 5.59. The store's about to close. Otis is the guy that comes in at the last minute, and you gotta serve him. Scum bag, this Otis. But at least he's down to fight. You know, he prefers the Thompson, we come to find out. As they're about to go into this museum, the curator, of course, has a key, and he lets him in to do these silly little sexy rituals with a bunch of uh, yawk too high. They're saying yawk too high. All the all the red sash guys, all the underlings, they're in a circle. It's ornate. All the, all the torches are lit, and Rick and Otis go in there. And, oh, while they're getting loaded up, Otis notices Rick's tattoo and says, if I, if I were to say I'm a stranger from the East seeking that which is lost, I think that's it. And then Rick says, uh, I am the stranger from the West. It is I who may see. He's like, how do I know this? And then Otis is like, I knew it, grabs Rick by the hand. Ah, oh, you are a Magi. He says, you're, like, you're a soldier from God. You a bad mother Maybe that's why, that's why he was able to catch the knife because he is sent here from the other side. Why, we will see. But uh, Otis is totally wet over it and later tells him like, hey, you got you, Evie, and Alex are like the trinity of this, this, uh, idiot. Pyramid, yes, the tattoo, the symbolism. Oh, it's all coming together. Thank you, Otis, you old soul with them face tattoos. The first to get those face tattoos None of these silly little rappers. It was Otis with the script unparalleled on the cheeks and forehead. Tasteful, might I add. You uh, good day, sir. The show goes on. The show goes on indeed. They go into Evie. Where the hell's Evie? She goes in with them because she a bad bitch. She's a ride or die. She's got pistols. Rick has a uh, shotgun. They go in, and Jonathan and Alex stay outside in the car. And so they go in, and they're trying to raise Emotep. But before that, no, Evie gets kidnapped. They knock out Evie. She's still a bad bitch, though. They knock out Evie, and she's going to be, like, sacrificed to bring back um, Emotep. They kidnapped Easy. I apologize. A slight error on my end, but I rectified it. She's totally bound in a very sexy way on a sacrificial podium. And they go and get her. Anoxima Moon's there. She's excited. Emotep. Emomo is about to come back. She gonna get it. She's been waiting. She's thirsty. She's about to get her man back. It's gonna be glorious. Uh, but before they do that, Rick O'Connell totally spoils, cock blocks the ceremony and starts and leaps through the, uh, what's it called? The midair, mid ceremony. They're about to climax and he gets Evie and Otis starts. Is Emotep back to life at this point? He is. They totally resurrect him because Rick and company are totally slow. And she's like, Emotep. She's scared. And Anoxina Moon is like, oh, I have a gift for you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. I'm a little too arrogant about my movie prowess to be messing up this much <laughs> and skipping over shit. They succeed in resurrecting Emotep. They get all uh, they, they, they got the vibes going. 
They they have the power. Emotep totally breaks breaks through his little mold, and he's out. He's looking around. Uh, like what year is it? It's the year of the scorpion. Truly? I'm like, Ooh. It's the curator. And he goes, <laughs> he's, he's just excited. It's the year of the scorpion. And then Ema, uh, a Nox in a Moon comes out, and he looks at her. It goes back to the old movie where she's in that skimpy little number, all painted in gold. And then back to nowadays. And she's like, do you know who I am? And he goes, yeah, I totally know who you are. Who do you think? I spent a first movie failing to get you back. And now look at you. But at least you got me back. You performed for the squad. And he's like, I know who you are. You're resurrected. Nox and the Moon resurrected, but only in body, not in soul. Whatever that means. If you're alive, you're alive. But I guess she needs her soul. But she's resurrected. And she's like, I got a surprise for you. It's Evie. And they're going to kill her for you. And he's all happy. He goes, Shakmu. And... Because the underlings, apparently it, their criteria did not include learning ancient Egyptian. And Anox and Moon goes, burn her. Oh, gross. Gross, gross, gross. They're going to burn Evie alive? No. Rick comes, Aah! He gets Evie. And then Otta starts lining him up like a goddamn Christmas tree. Like a gangster in Home Alone 2 and 1. But preferably 2 because that's the better movie. Johnny da, 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 starts getting him. And all the uh, filthy animals downstairs, the underlings of Emotep Incorporated, get the business. They get filled with lead like number 2 pencils. They're getting it. Meanwhile, Rick is just... Doing what he's got to do. Gives Evie guns, and the O'Connells are about to get the hell out of there. And Emotep is just, his flesh is just getting popped up. The music is like, da, 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 da. It's exciting. The O'Connells, easy, buddy. The O'Connells are getting out of there. Meanwhile, Emotep gets an urn, and he's like, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to resurrect those uh, who serve me. Shock Rio! And he, four guys, four of those uber mummies up here and rick looks down and goes oh no not these guys again ah but they run out and they're like oh uh goodness what happens excuse me the guns the guns start firing <laughs> the guns start firing and jonathan and alex are totally freaking out they go to turn on the car and jonathan Turns the key and it snaps off, rendering the car useless. And Alex is like, you broke it, you broke it. They freak out. And then in the meantime, all the action's going on. Rick and company come storming out. They're like, where's Jonathan? And then a double-decker bus comes out of the side and they get picked up. He's like, where's my car? And Jonathan's like, we're forced to find an alternative piece of uh, transportation. And he's like, a double-decker bus? Meanwhile, Brendan Fraser's eyes are just getting wider when he yells. It's gross. It's what he is, but he's still handsome. I don't care. A double-decker bus? And uh, just just go. They, they, everybody gets on board. We just got to go. We just got to go. And Rick looks back and sees those uber mummies just trample his car on their pursuit to him. And he goes, oh, no, not my car. Brendan Fraser, comedic relief son of a bitch you not my car the car's toast ain't no insurance gonna bring that buggy back 
But meanwhile, in the double-decker bus, the O'Connells are just fighting their asses off. Otis is downstairs. He's got... Now he's got a shotgun. Now Rick's got the shotgun upstairs. He's fighting off one of them. Kicks the machine, the shotgun downstairs. It's just a variety of just, you know, shenanigans. Rick is taking care of business. Otis almost gets up by half a za- uh, uh, what's it called? An uber mummy. Because he, they shot a few, right? But then it became down to hand-to-hand combat. One upstairs, one downstairs. Uh, Otis almost gets the business, but in the nick of time, Evie blows that thing away. Otis like, ah! And the mummy has these icky long sharp nails about to kill his ass, but Evie saves the day. Bing, bang, boom. And then meanwhile, Jonathan is driving the double-decker bus into a bridge that is clearly too low. Rick realizes that, hits the deck. And then the mummy, like a fool, turns around and is like, I don't read English. And before he realizes what happens, he gets splattered as the double-decker bus just gets scalped. And then there's a nice, you know, a funny mummy like pie just squat like just dangling off the side and rick gets up they get off out they get out of the other side of the bridge and rick's like whoa and the the camera zooms out o'connell's win hooray hooray but before they know it they stop evie and rick are kissing and before they know that's what i'm sorry I, i dropped the intensity a little too soon but before they know it, uh, the bad guys arrive. In the midst of affection, Alex gets taken and put into a car, and they drive to the other side of this drawbridge. Oh, not drawbridge. One of these. One of these bridges. Mechanical bridges. One of the bridges. Jesus. Anyways, bad guys get on the other side. Rick is in full sprint. His form is just impeccable, and he's clearly not fast enough. He makes it up to the top just in time to jump and hold on to the top. His family's falling apart. First, his wife gets kidnapped. Now his son is kidnapped, and he gets back. Otis says, relax. They they cannot hurt him, for he wears the bracelet of Anubis. And Evie goes, Alex is wearing the bracelet. And they're like, yeah, they're going to use him essentially to... Find the Scorpion King so Emotep can tune his ass up. So the next scene goes, it's a train, and the three bandits are there. And they got they got Alex. He's been taken. I know I'm skipping some. God help me. I think Emotep is talking to Alex. Yeah, and he says, My dad is gonna kick your ass. And then Emotep says, I, uh, I do not think so. They're just talking. They're, it's fun. He's like, he's telling Alex. This is when he's telling Alex, you're going to be the one leading me to the Scorpion King. And then he tell uh, the kids like, oh, yes. Oh, oh, no. For some reason, Emotep just starts speaking English. He just understands it and has a beautiful accent. And it's a nice ruffled voice. And he's got the mask on. He's like, all right, you are going to take me on this journey. And then Alex is like, what if I get a little lost? And he goes, oh, this uh, bracelet is a gift and the cursed. He raises Alex's hand. He's shaking. It's great acting, this power of Emotep. 
And he says, this will take you there. But if you don't get uh, the kids like, all right, uh, yeah, I know uh, I got seven days before uh, I had the before the, the bracelet, you know, tells me where it's at or something. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know it's going to happen seven days. And then um, Emotep's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, 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 that's true. But did you also hear that the bracelet will begin to suck the life out of you? And he goes, that part I missed. And he goes, oh, it's, don't you think it'd be better to not get lost? Yeah. Emotep's being cordial to his adversary's son, but only because he has the bracelet. And uh, he goes, my dad is going to kick your ass. And then Emotep takes off his mask. <gasps> Alex is scared because the Beatles are going through. And he's just like, I do not think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a scare. And then that scene goes on. Alex gets taken away. And then the three bozos come in and uh, knocks in a moon. Like they, she shuts the door. Like, hey guys, you guys are gonna get your just rewards. It's she's like, open a chest because Emotep comes out and scares them. Boo! And the guy goes, this uh, the all three of them get the business. I'm gonna vary the details because I'm taking way too long with this recap. All those guys get the business. Emotep sucks them dry. Like Jenna Jameson. Boom. Sucks them bone dry. Bone dry. And Emotep uh, is, is now complete. His flesh has returned to him. In the meantime, the O'Connells seek the help of this guy named Izzy. Izzy! That's what Brendan, uh, Brendan O'Connell. Rick O'Connell says. And the guy's a little nervous. He starts walking away. Uh, he's a little scared. He's a little squeamish, this guy. This Izzy character. And... Lordy, what happens? Is he's, he's just apprehensive, and he goes behind this door, and then Rick's like, oh, we don't have time for subtle. Shoots the door the doorknob off, goes in there, gets the advice. Uh, no, he goes and's like, hey, come on, like, let's go. They got my son. He, he, he sways him. He sways Izzy. He has um, Jonathan's little scepter for some reason. And he's like, ah, they have my son. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get him back. And Izzy goes, O'Connell, if you give me that gold stick right there, you can shave my head, wax my legs, and use me for a surfboard. I remember that for some reason. And he just wants the scepter. And he gets it, and he takes him to, it's called a dirigible. It's not an airplane. A dirigible. And Idiot. Rick's a little upset. He cocks his weapon. He's like, you're right. I'm gonna, uh, you're going to get shot. And he's like, oh, she's faster than she looks, and she's quiet. And, oh, frickin' You lose! Good day, sir! Laptop telling me I can't, I have to, my password. Anyways, so, lordy, what happens? <laughs> you lose! They get in the dirigible, and they start chasing, I really gotta, I really gotta wrap this up. They start chasing Emotep and company along the way. It's a nice little montage. And on the flight, uh, Evie starts getting visions of like, okay, it, it, uh, she, there's a very sexy cat fight scene back in ancient Egypt. It's kind of like Mortal Kombat, but instead of Shang Tsung, it's the old pharaoh just kind of chilling there in the middle. And it goes, bop, ooh. He claps his hands and these two fit Warrioresses, these lionesses in masks have these. Oh my god, which Ninja Turtle has those kind of ninja, you know, 
the, those ninja swords, these ones, you know, where it's like, like that. Yes. The little hooks on it, you know what I'm talking about? You hold it between your hand. Donatello. It's shameful that I don't know this by heart. No. I want to say, because Mikey's the nunchucks, Donatello's the staff, purple, uh, blue's the sword, purple's the staff. I want to say, Rude Raph has those. Ting, ting, ting. Those type of swords. But anyways, that's what they're fighting with. Excuse the Ninja Turtles reference. That could be another VMR. Yeah. Uh, they're fighting, and it's an intense fight. It's a great fight, and it turns out uh, one bests the other, and it's, it's quite nice. And we, The one that was bested, the loser. Idiot, idiot, idiot. It's Evie, what? But it turns out her name is Nefertiri. And it's a, the opponent is a Nox and a Moon. And the Pharaoh's like, bow, bow. We start reading subtitles. I apologize for that part of the movie. Sometimes you gotta read, people. But not between the lines. Because he says, yo, who better to protect the Scorpion King amulet than uh, my daughter, Nefertiri? And who better to protect me, be by my side, then my future wife, Anaxunamun. Little does the pharaoh know, ah! Emotab is breaking off a piece of that. He is. Three times on Wednesdays because ceremonies don't go as long. Whammy. Emotab Incorporated gets started. And it's lasting throughout the ages, apparently. And that, that's where it all begins, this horrid, torrid love affair. And then we learn uh, Evie goes out to the balcony. The music's like, na, 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 na. You know, the Egyptian stuff. Really? She leans over the balcony. She's just kind of just full of herself. She's caressing the side. She's like flowing like a princess would, right? You know what I'm talking about. She looks down and sees who else but... A Nox on a Moon smooching Emotep. What? Oh, that is some juicy, like, watermelon juicy gossip without the seeds. You know what? Yeah, without the seeds. Because it's that good. She's like, whoa. And then she sees the Pharaoh like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, okay, something's wrong. She goes, Majai. She's like, Majai, like, my father needs you. Get your asses in there. And she sees uh, Anox and Moon gut her dad in the back. She's like, oh. And then sees Emotep gutted. Wham! They're just getting all these hit combos. The Pharaoh is getting gutted. He's getting chopped up. This time like potatoes. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Boom, we're dicing tomatoes. Uh, potatoes. Potatoes. Moving on. Um... Wow. Thinking about it. Okay, she's like, no! She's all right, so this is in the past. She's like, no, she reaches over the balcony, and then in modern day, she like she reaches over the balcony of the dirigible, the the balloon that ha is Essentially, it's a it's a boat, like a wooden ship, a junk, I guess you would say, if it was in the China Basin. 
Wow. China Sea, whatever it is. A junk with a hot air balloon attachment on top. And it's just floating because why not? And Rick is just like so aware of this nonsense. Like, whoa, Evie runs, jumps over the edge, holds on to the railing as his wife inadvertently is about to commit suicide and catches her by the ankle. Clutch. Meaning, I'm just realizing this now, that Nefertiri back in the day must have been like, oh no, dad, and just tumbled to her death off the balcony because she's overcome with emotion. What the hell? She just falls off the edge of the balcony. I refuse. I'm hoping that in ancient times, some sexy ass Rick, I'm pretty sure if he's a warrior from God that is also reincarnated, he hopped over the balcony and saved Evie. I believe that to be true. Because if she's a badass warrior, she's the princess. She's about to hop over a balcony because her dad's getting gutted. Is that the move to jump over the edge? Idiot. To get a two for one? No. You lose. It is. Emotep's KD ratio, it's too dead if it's Nifertiri, but it's, it's a one-to-one -one KD ratio because Nox and Moon does murder herself shortly thereafter. But back to the Mummy Returns. They get back on the dirigible. They're still chasing, and Jonathan steals the scepter back from Izzy. Whatever. like He gets it, and they... Oh, mercy. They're chasing, and eventually the... The movie just gets to the point where they're on the Nile River. And Rick goes, that's the Blue Nile down there. We must be out of Egypt by now. Like, he knows. You're just the gun and the muscle. You're not the intelligence. That is Evie and Alex's domain, sir. Anyways, Emotep, in a revitalization of his skills, he's just flexing. He's just in a tunic. And he summons the Nile. And he just... Forces it behind and just uh, they're in this canyon like area and the water's just going down the canyon whoosh And the O'Connell's realize we're in trouble is it we got to get out of here and they hightail it and they're For some reason this thing could fly the dirigible kit. Yes, obviously flies but go fast as in fly just deftly weaving in and out of the canyon with Quite a, a bit amount of skill, a mastery of flight, my, uh, mind you, to be going. Why not just go up and out where the water can't get you? Oh, shit! I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just a ground dweller, I suppose. But, yeah. Mm, they are keeping, they're escaping. They think they escape. Maybe they do do that. <laughs> do do. Idiot. That could be a friend's reference, but I'll leave that at that. Uh, they go back down. They think they've thwarted Hemotep, but he's like, oh, he's back. And then he's just like, ah, Hemotep. He's feeling himself. His nipples are so hard. And he eventually is like, ah, he's just doing all this stuff. If you're like a side guy, you just, it's quiet. And you're looking at Hemotep from behind. He's just like, and you're like, man, I signed up to protect this guy. I'm this guy's follower. You lose! Because all the water and everything's gone right now. It's just quiet and they're just watching Emotep freaking out. But hey, that's not where the scene is. The scene is totally... 
is totally with the O'Connells, and the water overcomes them, and they crash, and then Alex is like, Mom, Dad, he's sad he thinks his mom and dad are dead. But guess what? They're not. Emotep and his crew is moving through this jungly jungle, and then at the same time, Otis is like, yo, I gotta go uh, after, hold, see. They're about, they're ready to fight. Yeah, all the while, um, Otis is sending like his bird back and forth to this massive army of magi to follow them on their steps that leads them to this jungly jungle. And in this jungly jungle, uh, Rick O'Connell and crew wait till the cover of night and they're up on top of this bluff overlooking the canopy. And they know the baddies are down there and J Jonathan is holding this rifle and Otis is sharpening his... Ah! His knife, his blade, he goes, are you any good with that? And Jonathan says, three times grand champion, I hope you know. Are you any good with that? Just, just you know, a little, little to and fro. And then Otis just completely overreacts and says, you want to know soon enough? He goes, he flips it and just holds it to Jonathan's neck. Holds it and says, the only way to kill an Anubis warrior is by taking off its head. And he goes, I'll remember that, says Jonathan. And then Otis is like, eh. But did he need to go that far to make a point? I don't think so. But the plan is Evie and Jonathan hang out on the cliff while Rick and Otis go down and start. They, they go, they're going to go and get Alex. They're going to get his ass out of there. Meanwhile, they're getting closer to the pyramid in which the Scorpion King slumbers. And the only way Alex can get saved is if he gets in that pyramid before the break of dawn. God, it's getting... It's getting hot in here. Pretty hot. Oh, but anywho, son of a bitch. Um, you shot me in the ass. Yeah, the bad guys are moseying through, and they're starting to notice some shit a little eerie because there's legionnaire, uh, there's legionnaire like robes, those flags that the Romans would would carry around. There, there's telltales of armies throughout the times like Napoleon's troops, Caesar's troops, they're all stuck there because they got tuned up by what we come to find are these little mummy, mummy pygmies, the mumlets. These mumlets, the guy's like, huh? He creeps in at this little face and it goes, Gah! like a cat. They're pretty much mummy cats. And they start stabbing and they start pulling people out one by one. They're just dropping because the canopy's up to here. And then we hear shuffling, shuffling, and then the guy will be like, oh! All these guys in the red sash are dropping, like getting pulled under the canopy, like Marco Polo. Whammy, gotcha. And then Emotep's like, do not worry, they cannot harm me. And he's he's got, uh, um, knocks in a wound by his side. And a uh, at some point during the action, a couple of them come up to uh, Emotep. Ah, they're gonna kill you. And they're they're also got their blow darts. They're killing the shit out of all these guys in the red sash, and they're just shooting all over the place. It's, it's chaos. And uh, the Emotep's like, mm. he's just holding out his, his hand and all the, they kind of yield to him, the mumlets. They're like, oh, God. So, yeah, the mumlets leave him alone. Meanwhile, Rick is just flying through and Evie and, and Jonathan are just picking off the back. It's a bad day for the bad guys, simultaneous ambush. However, the mumlets are nonpartisan. They're going to kill whoever is there that is not they. You lose! Rick's hustling, and then at some point, 
uh, Otis encounters Lockknot. It's time for round two, and they cross blades. This time, Otis is a little more hyped, a little more driven, because his bird got shot. Yes, his eagle, his hawk, his best friend, his most loyal friend. Um, Osiris, maybe? Is that the bird's name? Possibly. Horus. It's Horus. Horus! Horus gets got. It's unfortunate. And uh, he's about to leave. And he's like, oh, I got to tell the Magi we need where we are. And Rick's like, I need you to help me find my son. Implores. He beseeches. And then Otis is like, but first I will help you. Which is the honorable thing to do. Good man, Otis. So the chaos, back to the chaos. Fast forward. Uh, Rick goes, and at some point, uh, oh, he, ha, Lachna is going, is finding Alex, he's got, he's about to cut off the bracelet, because the guy goes, retrieve that bracelet, the, the curator, and they, uh, uh, Lachna goes, with pleasure, he's gonna go cut off the arm amidst the chaos, and then before, he's, time to, time to remove that bracelet, my son. He's about to uh, cut off Alex's arm, but I believe Otis blocks the blade and Rick takes Alex and he's hustling. He's picked up the fumble and he's running for the end zone, baby. Meanwhile, Otis is laying on a mean block to the main linebacker of the Emotep Emoteps. Holy shit, what a battle. Meanwhile, like they're all... There's gunfights, there's sword fights, all sorts of chaos, and Emotep just kind of wanders off, whatever. And Rick is just hustling. He's dodging, he's, they're getting through. Uh, he's throwing dynamite. The theatrics are glorious. And, um, my goodness. Yeah, no, no, he's going. He's going, uh, he's running with Alex. He's, no, he's not, hasn't picked up Alex. He's running with him, holding him in hand. And as the sunlight begins to come up, sunlight's coming up. Yes, but before that, but before that, Otis slays the holy shit out of Lock Now Slays his foe, gets him, gets him good. And then as Otis is staring down his opponent, a pistol is placed at his back, and then you hear a gunshot. Oh! Did Otis get shot? Nay, it is the gun wielder behind him. And then Otis looks up and sees Jonathan holding the rifle proudly and gives a nod. Otis gives a nod and he takes off to go round up the Magi. Idiot. Meanwhile, Rick, uh, I don't know if he encounters Evie. Maybe he does. Like, oh, mom. And then the sun's coming. He's like, Dad, the bracelet. And then... They're running, they're hustling, the, the music's getting higher, and Rick, like, he runs, and then he leaps in the end zone. <laughs> the sun is at his back. Does he get in? Is Alex dead? No. He's very much alive because Rick performs in and outside of the bedroom. He performs. He gets the job done. He gets the job done, and guess what? Gives life to his son yet again. His success rate is just like his fertility. It is just potent. Always works. And I love it. Except, no more than 30 seconds later, Evie totally gets gutted by a Nox and a Moon. And Rick's like, no! Because
because Evie's like, oh, they made it. And knocks in a moon, guts her, takes the book of the dead, whammy, and heads off into the pyramid. And then she like waves at Alex. Uh, what? Oh, and then at some point in the middle of the movie, Emotep gives uh, Anoxana Moon her soul back. She's like, oh, and then they're back in, uh, you know, ancient times. But now it's now times. We're in the pyramid. Uh, Evie's dead. It's about to climax. So pretty much the curator's kind of moping around, and Emotep's going to go fight the Scorpion King. When he gets in there, his powers are totally shanghaied, stolen, Taken, he's got to fight as a mortal. Apparently, the great god Anubis wants me to fight as a mortal. Goddamn, against the Scorpion King. So, anyways, Rick's on a mission. He's gonna go kill his wife's killers. Jonathan's there, they're holding on to Evie. She's dead. She goes, Take care of Alex. Oh, it's so sad. That, okay, let me give him a moment. That is. Such a sad scene when Evie dies. It's awful. And so Rick Rick goes in. Jonathan and Alex are outside just chilling. They're moping. And um, you lose. Yeah, Rick goes in. He's finding him. And then at some point, this scene goes back out. And Jonathan's trying to console Alex. He goes, hey, you know. Uh, she's in a better place now. You know how it says in the good book. And Alex is like, a book. That's it, a book. And he goes, come on, J Uncle John, come on. And they they pick up Evie. I believe. Evie's body's transported inside. I think Jonathan has her. And Rick is ready to totally kick Emotep's ass. Uh, he sits there. Uh, he's got a, a knife. And in the meantime, the curator totally snaps on the bracelet of... The Scorpion King on his wrist sticks it in this glory hole uh, that is in the temple in this ornate pyramid's wall, and then it just go. Oh. And then he walks by, and O'Connell sits there and sees him. And the guy's like, "You're too late, O'Connell. We've ar already awakened the army of Anubis." Blah, blah, blah. And, ah, and then he starts like his arm just gets ripped off, and he pulls back his hand. And it's just this like fleshy, like you see his bones because all of his flesh and everything's got tore off. It is totally awful, dude, but he deserves no less. In the meantime, the army of Anubis is totally summoned. Audis gets to the head of this massive horseback magi army, all dressed in black, black horses, and the army of Anubis. Start showing up. They're ready to roll. They form out of this dastardly uh, shadow. Turns into a cloud. Turns into the Anabites or the Anubis Warriors. <laughs> about to go down, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know what? That ends up going down. I need to speed this up. Jesus Christ. It's already been an hour plus. Jesus Christ. Computer. <laughs> Boom. Every time. Um, golly gee willikers. Uh, essentially, Brendan Fraser and, uh, oh God, I forget, I think he's, what's his name? The guy who plays Emotep. Emotep and Rick start getting into fisticuffs again. Uh, uh, the battle's going on, the Nubis Warriors, this and that. It's, stuff's going wild. And, um, goodness, eventually the Scorpion King does wake up in the midst of this fight. And Emotep plays a bitch card. In front of a Nox and a Moon, in front of Rick, and it's like, I am your servant, I am your servant. 
but he was sent to kill you. Meanwhile, the Scorpion King is now this gargantuan, twenty like fifteen foot tall monster with these razor sharp claws. It's the Rock's body with his arms are razor sharp claws and a big old tail just ready to whoop that ass. Uh, Matthias, wow, look at what became of you. And he's like, we shall see. And so the Scorpion King is just easily bamboozled and fooled and starts going to attack Rick. Idiot. Rick is just running for his life, trying to do his best. What's going to stop? What's going to kill him? What's going to kill Scorpion King? Eventually we find out it's the the spear. Rick finds out it's the spear. Like uh, that scepter this whole time is the spear of Osiris. And it's supposed to kill the Scorpion King. So... Jonathan has it, and then Nox and the Moon's there, and then, uh, God bless it, Alex reads, is reading the book of the living, and Jonathan is starting a fight with Nox and the Moon, so he's fighting while, Rick, while Rick's fighting Emotev. Jonathan's getting his ass kicked, he kinda hits Nox and the Moon, and then, just like the old movie, Alex is totally stumped by the ancient hieroglyphics and speaking, he's like, what is this, it's a bird, it's a stalk. And then Jonathan's like, I know this one. I'm Benefice as he's fighting Evie. And then Evie comes back to life. And because Anox and the Moon's about to kill Jonathan. And she goes, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? And then Evie totally bitches Anox and the Moon. She's like, oh, like, uh, you remember the old ways. Because they're fighting, but, you know, Evie's getting tuned up a little bit. But then she's like, here's a little something new. Starts beating the pa 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 world star. Ba-ba-ba! Little blood out the, out the schnoz. She can't take anymore. So I guess Emotep didn't act a fool in front of uh, an ox and a moon. But they start running in because they men in trouble. And God, they're running in. Scorpion King's going wild. Jonathan has the scepter. And... Emotep, he's like, oh, the spear of a shear, like, oh, I need that spear, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the, the suspense is going on. The Magi survive the first wave of Anubis warriors. Like, Otis kills the last one. Ah, uh, there's mostly on foot now because they, they got their asses whooped, but they, they survived. And then uh, Otis is like, well, what's going on? Oh, and then he's running. The camera's going in slow motion. And then he see he stops. He stops at the top of one sand dune and over, I want to say, 12 to 15 football fields to the north, uh, we see the sand dunes become flooded with black. And what is that black? It is a f***ing endless horde of Anubis warriors coming to kill the living sh** out of them. And then he goes, Allah hafah. It means God help us. We see on the subtitles. So while God is helping them, the O'Connells are helping themselves to a clutch-ass move where Jonathan throws, he's like, I stand aside, Alex, I'm a professional. He twists the scepter, throws the spear at Emotep, but then, uh, no, I'm not at Emotep, at the Scorpion King to kill the Scorpion King, because whoever kills the Scorpion King commands the army. And so Emotep intercepts the ball. Boom, that is not clutch quarterbacking, Jonathan. That is some Baker Mayfield sh Jonathan. Why don't you throw the ball to your team? But anyways, Emotep with the interception. 
and then he tries his luck. Idiot. Hurl as the Anubis Warriors are drawing closer to the Magi. Throws it, and then out of nowhere, Rick's ugly face catches, snags the spear out of midair. And then we see Emotep just react so unprofessionally. Yeah, he's just freaking out. Yeah, what's the matter, Emotep? You're not. Wow. You just you're not a clutch player. Not a you're not a winner. You're Patrick Ewing. You're Dan Marino. You can get there, but you just can't finish, can you? You fumbling fool. Meanwhile, Rick is stumbling back. The Scorpion King is going to kill him, and then Rick pokes. And he does not fall back into the pit of death. He ends up sticking his arms upward, and the spear is going through the, the Scorpion King as the camera zooms back, and then out of the side of the camera, this nice little corner, probably about right here, Emotep goes, nah! He just kneels, he's like, damn, dude, I lose again. And Rick says, go to hell and take your friends with you. Below Rick is a portal to hell. It is a crevice looking down with a bunch of swinging uh, inflatable arm flailing tube men like this, but apparently they're all bad souls. They're all baddies, you know? They're, they're people that abuse animals and shit. Those kind of baddies in the depths of hell. And Cowboys fans and Seahawks fans, but most of all, Patriots fans, accompanied by Dodgers fans. Those are the bodies that are swinging like this in the depths of hell in The Mummy Returns, at least in my rendition, baby. You're down there and you are hot and toasty. Not in the postseason. Whammy, let's go. Now that I'm done with that rant, let's get back to the story. Rick wins, and then all hell breaks loose. Well, not quite. I mean, it is loose, but it's... it's mm, All hell is contained. It breaches, but it's it's contained. Rick and, and uh, Emotep are holding for their lives, clinging like this to the edge of the precipice of death. Hell wants them. Hell is hanging by their feet, and rocks are starting to come down. The place is exploding. The army of Anubis disappears no more than uh, an inch away from this single line of Magi. And uh, Otis has told his men before this, uh, he's looking at him, there's maybe like, you know, wow, 100 guys left out of the thousands that they went into this enterprise with, into this campaign. He's sitting at him, he's like, screw it. Till death, yeah, guys, yeah. Meanwhile, the freaking... Uh, the dudes that were drafted are in the back are like, fuck this, I'm not gonna, or like they volunteered, I'm not gonna do this. I guard the temple. I'm not about to sit here and get slain with you, Otis, you fanatic. But anyways, they all stay, they're good soldiers. But they disappear and they stand their ground and they live. Meanwhile, the the Econos, whoa, it, it's going down. Oh, I better, I only got 20% battery left. Uh, the O'Connell clean for their life. Evie bowls out. She's weaving in between the falling stalactites. Stalagmites? Because they might reach the top. Stalactites. Stalactites and stones are falling down all around. Uh, Evie dives and Rick's like, no, go, go. Evie says, no, 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 bitch. I'm coming to save your ass. 
She saves him. And then Emotep's like, Anoxinamoon! Anoxinamoon! And Anoxinamoon goes away. She's like, hell no, bitch! I'm getting the f*** out of here. I'm gonna enjoy the future without you. And then Emotep's like, Anoxinamoon! Wow. Anoxinamoon. He's so sad. He's just hanging out off the side of the pool. Like, he's almost there. I bet he, he could have pulled himself out. Shit, dude, it's a breakup. Like, you get over it, you fucking pussy. Get over that shit, dude. You gotta get over it. But no. Anoxinamoon. Like, what is this, your first relationship? Get over it, Peter Pan. I don't know why I call it. Oh, I was, about, I was, I meant to say grow up, Peter Pan. Get over it, Humpty Dumpty. Hey, Brick Joe. You're going nowhere. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of anyway, time. Um, Emotep just loses it. 13 reasons why. He says, why not? And he just floats back and lets all those fans that I, the aforementioned fans, tear him to shreds. Am I right? Yeah. Anyways, uh, so he's dead, dead now after he was resurrected, dead, dead. Resurrected dead. Shame. Okay, that's shame. Stupid. I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna edit that out. Shame. You're gonna you're gonna suffer it. Idiot. Um, the O'Connells are leaving. They find Jonathan, Alex, and they're they're hustling upstairs. They're going up. Meanwhile, the oasis that they were once in is being sucked in because somebody pulled the drain underneath the pyramid. Now everything's going down. Everything's getting sucked up. And the closer it gets, it's closer it gets. There's no way out. They're all going to die. They reach the top where there's this massive Bruce Bochy's size, Bruce Bochy's head size diamond that is just glinting. And well, what else we do? They're all going to die. The O'Connells are dead. They're done for. They punched their ticket. Or so we think before Izzy comes in to save him because they leave his ass and say, fix this shit, this this total dirigible. He fixes it. He turns it into a hot air balloon. And then the music picks up. Duh, da, da, da. And good lord. They get up Alex, Evie, and then Rick. And then Jonathan's up. And then Jonathan falls. Uh, Lordy. You lose. And his foot is caught in the rope. And then Izzy's like, pull him up. Pull him up. And then uh, Jonathan, the sleazebag, looks over to the side. He sees the giant diamond. He's like, no, let me down, let me down. And then Rick's like, it's not worth your life, you idiot. He goes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. He goes down and then he picks up the diamond, the Bruce Bochy head diamond. This just glorious looking thing. And they escape just in time. The, the, the camera zoomed out and the dirigible's up in the air. No, no, no. There's dust in the air because there's a big poof. We don't know. Are they safe? Yes. They come out like a, you know, poof. That's what it is. Wow. Uh, after the poof, they, they, we can finally take a breath and uh, the O'Connells reign victorious. And I, uh, there's a good back and forth and Jonathan's happy. He's holding the diamond uh, and it, a happy ending. And that is The Mummy Returns. I apologize for the length of this. It's the only time I'll ever apologize for the length of anything. Uh, damn. Oh, son of a bitch. Vigorous movie recap, the mummy series. And I'll tell you what I'm not gonna do. Well, I am gonna get better, but what I'm not gonna do is do a mummy three. I will not do the mummy curse of the dragon emperor. Idiot. 
Conqueror's Tomb of the Dragon, Dragon Emperor. I'm not going to have it. Rick dies. They don't even have Rachel Wise as Evie. A grown Alex. Gently. No Emotep. What of son of Emotep? I guess they weren't even around long enough to, you know, whatever. Does Emotep have any brothers? You couldn't have come up with a better line. Norse God, at least. I guess terracotta soldiers are... Anyways, all right. Sorry, I am just going off on a rant. <sighs> I hope you enjoyed the show. This is like the first like video thing. I know I did some weird sh There'll be some edits, but... It's all gonna be on the internet now. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And now I'm gonna go and have some din-din. Have a good night, you guys. Bye-bye. <gasps> you lose! Good day, sir!